0: Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running makerexperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft. We have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making. And we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision podcast for episode eight, where we're going to talk about buying used tools and supplies on Craigslist, Facebook, and other apps. Today I'm joined with Steven as always. How's it going, man?
1: It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. It's uh it's a nice day here in South Carolina. I'm um, planning on doing some uh furniture stripping here in a little bit since I've got nice weather and it's too big of a piece to to leave inside for too long. So I'm going to take it
0: outside and strip it.
1: How about you, man? It looks like you're uh up and at 'em early.
0: Yeah, you know, it's normal 8 eight thirty, <laughs> yeah, not bad but i have a couple signs to put together today hopefully we'll get to them probably at night time because it's too hot during the middle of the day to go out there yep and spend you know an hour doing it so i'll get those done today and shipped out this week
1: cool 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 all right have the uh have you shipped that wood whisperer one yet i mean because that thing looked crazy nice
0: i just shipped it friday he's actually supposed to get it tomorrow
1: okay well that's good because this will be his first friday live in like maybe two weeks or something like because he was gone i think he's been gone for like two weeks
0: yeah he's been traveling i think
1: yeah he did a bunch of stuff and now he's now he's back so that's good
0: so what are you watching this week
1: uh i started picking up uh justified it was an fx show about a uh u.s marshal in like rural kentucky um so it's super awesome i really like it i think timothy oliphant or oliphant i'm not sure exactly how to say his name he's a really good actor i like him um and of course kentucky's kind of you know being the bourbon guy kentucky's always on my mind so so that's that's what i've been watching this week How about you man
0: last night i watched an oldie but a goodie boondock saints Ooh! oh nice nice My wife came home and she said, do you want to watch Boondock Saints? And I said, yeah, but what brought that up? (laughs) She's like, I don't know. It just came to mind. Sure, let's watch it.
1: She must have, I don't know, she must have had this, you know, exciting thought to just watch, you know, the most obliterating thing possible.
0: I forgot, not the killing part of it, because that's, you know, the majority of the movie, but I forgot about all of the, the language and the not politically correct usage of language
1: <laughs> yes yes it's very um i guess not safe for certain viewers especially not safe for children i'm not even sure it's safe for certain adults i would uh, agree yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But, so, it but it's a, it's a great an movie I love, I love it i love it it's one of my favorites so all right so uh, i guess we're going to roll into to this week's episode some people have asked us about. Different makers have asked us about because um, I know Trevor is a a Craig, Craigslist like maverick. He's hunted down most of his shop via Craigslist. Uh, I'm a big Facebook junkie, but I've used other platforms as well to track down tools, supplies, different like weird odds and ends, even potential projects like on the refinishing side. You know, somebody's throwing out a dresser. It's like here, if you can take this for free, you can have it. It's real easy when you have a truck and you know you just pick it up. And potentially restore it and, uh, and then make the profit off of it. So we're going to be talking about that today, the nuances and using different platforms, how to go about you know looking for different things. and uh, it basically just kind of this is kind of a, uh, a fun back and forth episode for me and Trevor. I'm gonna get into how to find the deals and what to look for. Um, and that includes you know how often to check Craigslist, uh, what are your keywords, your search parameters, Um, app alerts, I'm not sure if there's, I would think somebody at this point has made apps for Craigslist search, you know, things. I know there's probably like a Google search just for Craigslist stuff. Um, luckily for me, Facebook, the Facebook app actually, you know, has a different, has a marketplace thing where I put in these search words and these search parameters and boom, it's ready to go. Other apps offer up or let go, things like that. They're automatically set up to give you these alerts. So, I guess, uh, would you want to start off with uh, how often to check Craigslist, since that's kind of more your your area, Trevor?
0: So, I think it highly depends on if you're in the market for a tool versus if you're just browsing it. So, and it's highly dependent upon your area of where you live, because where I live now, not a lot of people around here, I think, make stuff, oddly enough. So there's not a lot of used tools for sale usually. Or if they are, they're like, buy this RYOBI drill for $2 less than what you can buy it at Home Depot for. (laughs) You have to definitely check, or it highly depends upon how or what you're looking for. And if you're in the market to actually buy something. So if I'm searching just randomly, I might check it, you know, once or twice a week. If I'm looking for a specific tool, like when I was looking for, you know, my bandsaw, I was probably searching Craigslist two to three times a day. Okay. Because what happens is, and I I didn't do app alerts at the time, but what happens is I would check it, you know, every few hours or something while I was awake, and... That's usually when you can be the first person to that really good deal. Typically, I'd see a deal, and even if I didn't want it or didn't know if I wanted it, so say I saw a Jet bandsaw or something on Craigslist, and it looked like a kind of good deal, I might message them right away just so I was the first person in line. Okay. And then you can decide after if you really want it. Which I've done, and I've been like, you know what? I've researched it a little bit more, and I decided it's not for me. And most people are okay with that. You're always going to get those people that I think should never put anything on Craigslist because they're just so full of anger about everything.
1: It's like, bring cash now!
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're like, cash only. I'm like, isn't Craigslist usually cash only unless it's like a giant purchase? (laughs) But... I've had people like, you're wasting my time. Why? Because I asked a question about it. Like, I've had people where I asked a few questions like model number and serial number and stuff like that. And they'll be like, I'm not going to deal with you if you need that information. And I'm like, then I'm not going to buy it. Because so, that seems even sketchier.
1: Yeah, it's like either you're not actually selling the true thing or you're selling something that quote unquote fell off the back of a truck. Exactly. And by fell off the back of a truck, I mean, it was probably off the back of a contractor's truck earlier that day and somebody's needing to make quick cash. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I do it a little bit differently, um, mostly just because I kind of like playing on my phone. For Facebook, uh, I don't have like alerts set up, but I do set up for specific things that I'm searching for. A lot of times I'm actually searching for lumber as opposed to actual tools. Um, so I'll put in a search for red oak, white oak, um, walnut, you know, different different things like that, barnwood, and then Facebook will tell me it's like, hey, this new this new thing has popped up with this search word. But I'll look at Facebook maybe two or three times a day, or possibly more, depending on how my day is going. Like if I'm tra- if I'm traveling. Um, here and there and I've got to stop and get gas several times or I've got to stop you know stop at one place and you know get out of the truck for a few minutes just stretch my legs I'll check my phone then I'll check my phone while I'm waiting to pump the gas and just just take a look I'll also check it at night whenever there's really nothing you know not much else going on Um, it's too late at night to be doing anything else in the shop Um, I'm just sitting in front of the TV anyways so I'll check my phone then you know I'll save it luckily it's got the nice feature on Facebook hit save because no one wants to get a message at like midnight saying, hey, is this for sale? Unless they're really desperate to sell something and then generally I can kind of tell if someone's desperate to sell something. But if it's a legit thing, I'll, I'll save it in the morning or, or mid morning, I'll message that person, hey, I'm interested in this, can you tell me more about it? So that's, uh, that's generally what I do. So I may do it two or three times a, a day, even if I'm not actually looking to buy a specific thing I'm just always just checking to see what's going on because you never know something might pop up randomly and I've been that third person in line. And like you said, I wasn't the first person in line. Boom. It was automatically, it was gone. It was gone within, you know, an hour of posting it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've gotten items and I, I will refresh the app and I will have gotten lucky and somebody would have just posted a good deal. So I'll message them back right away. So it's like, I don't even think it was listed for a minute. So sometimes there's things like that. It's Sometimes it's just luck of timing.
1: Luck of the draw, yeah.
0: But as far as what I search for, so keywords and things like that highly depend upon what I'm looking to buy. So if it's a bandsaw, I usually just use bandsaw. Or if I want a specific brand, I'll type in, so mine's a Laguna, so say I want a Laguna on Craigslist, I'll put Laguna or Laguna bandsaw or just bandsaw. The problem with just putting bandsaw sometimes is you'll get the ones you don't want, like it'll be, you know, one that's 40 years old and was a piece of junk back then, or you'll get, you know, ones that... You can go buy at Home Depot for the same price. Narrowing it down and being more specific helps. So if you only want a Jet bandsaw and you will only ever get a Jet bandsaw or whatever brand, I would type in Jet bandsaw. I wouldn't type in bandsaw. Okay. But if you're open to a few brands, I would go and check each one individually, like Jet or Laguna or Powermatic or whatever. And then that way... When you check all of them, you're getting information on all three mm-hmm. individually. You can type in the bandsaw, but then you usually get 10% of whatever the search is, is usually relevant. The other 90% yeah. you're just trying to wade through. Yeah. What about you? What do you look for? Or what do you search for? <sighs>
1: It just depends. I mean, sometimes I'll just type in something general like tools and, and make it plural. Because sometimes people, you know, for old hand tools, which is the thing I more often look at than anything, it'll just be a miscellaneous just, I've got a tub or a cardboard box full of crap from someone's garage. And it won't say what's in it. It just says tools. And, you know, and and they have no clue what they're trying to sell. They just, they, they put it out there. Other times, I'll check... Like uh, if I'm looking for hand plane, I'll put in the word plane. I'll put in planer, and I've even put in planner because people are really terrible at spelling on Facebook. <laughs> so I'll put in a variety of things just to see what it comes up with. Yeah, maybe you know maybe fifteen twenty percent of the searches will be the thing that I'm actually looking for because of the misspelling. But I've found actually two or three really good deals because the people that were searching for that item spelled it properly and it was spelled improperly in this for sale part and I I stumbled across it and I was like boom got it done.
0: And that happens on Craigslist too and you can filter the category down to tools but what I found is a lot of people and and sometimes it's you know, families of people that passed away and Mm -hmm. they're doing like estate sales. Yep. So they don't put it under tools. They put it under like estate or general or something like that.
1: Household, garage, outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Tools show up everywhere in like every category.
0: So I usually go to the top level and I do my search there and I make my search specific enough that it filters out a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Just a few kind of tips for that. Now the
1: question on Craigslist is Craigslist. Whenever you're doing like Jet Bandsaw, is it Jet the 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 addition sign the plus sign Bandsaw or is it just Jet Space Bandsaw? Like I don't know exactly how Craigslist search works.
0: You can just type in Jet Space Bandsaw, okay, and it'll pull okay. a bump.
1: I know sometimes whenever you're trying to like Google something or finding something very specific, you need to put in the the actual plus symbol for whatever, however the algorithm works or the search works to, to make sure it puts those two words together. Because if not, you're going to end up finding 50 things with the word bandsaw and somehow in the same posting have the word jet or something else in there and they don't line up.
0: That may happen. I've never tried to use the plus sign because the other way always just worked.
1: Okay, that's fine. I mean, the couple of times I've used Craigslist for something like that, I was looking for something specific. It's like Powermatic. There's not very rarely you're going to find anything else with the word powder, Powermatic attached to it. Laguna, Jet, you know, th- a couple of those other, you know, names, Grizzly even, can sh- give you some really weird search results. Thankfully, Powermatic's pretty specific to just that one thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, how far are you willing to drive for some of this stuff?
1: it depends. It really depends. Whenever I was looking for a table saw, I was willing to drive to Tennessee, which I did.
0: Instead of just saying Tennessee, give a, a search radius. Hour. Yeah.
1: Um, I would be willing to go between an hour and an hour and a half, depending on the level of the thing I'm looking for, how easy it is to find and cost. Like that's, that's probably one of the most prohibitive things for driving too far. And you have to think about it this way, if you're gonna buy something for your shop and your shop's trying to make money, that's a business expense. Technically that mileage is taxable and you would use the federal tax number, which I believe is 65 cents a mile. So if you, cal- if you just do a rough calculation, it's okay, from my house to wherever I roughly think it is, because most of the time when you get a posting, it doesn't give you a specific address, it just gives you this community, or this maybe road, or something like that. You have to do, you know, you have to figure out, okay, if I'm going to travel an hour and a half or something, and it's a 50%, you know, 50% cost reduction on that, but then I figure out, oh crap, I'm going to spend, you know... Spend another, you know, probably two or three hundred dollars and travel. Then have I really saved fifty percent on the tool? Whenever I could just drive down the street and the guys got it, for, you know, guys got it for for much more expensive the initial cost. But I'm only driving, you know, thirty minutes to pick it up. Then you got to weigh those factors out. For me, I, I say an hour to hour and a half because of where I'm set up geographically. An hour to hour and a half puts me in a bunch of different locations that are pretty big for for makers one and two industrial commercial. Because a lot of times they'll you know I'm looking for tools that were in a commercial shop or, or, or a fabrication shop, something like that. Somebody that's selling something off, they're selling a whole lot, or they're selling you know a state's a state, but a business has gone under, so they're trying to just piecemeal everything off to try to maybe salvage some of the business. So that's that's where I'm at. I I don't know. I know when you lived basically where I lived previously, you went a lot further to get your tools because they were such good deals. I don't know if that's going to be the applicable now living out West.
0: Probably not. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the thing with Vegas is you can say, you know, yeah, I'm in Vegas. But keep in mind, like it takes because of traffic lights and traffic and in general it can take me as long to get from one side of vegas to the other as it used to take me to get from greenville to charlotte holy crap it can still be a two-hour drive but when i was in greenville i actually set my search radius to about a two to three hour range oh, wow! yeah and or up to a two to three hour range and i didn't necessarily consider the 65 cents a mile thing when I was doing it cuz I was I was less concerned with it because at the time I was not attaching it to a business of any sort and I was just buying it personally so I didn't, you know, factor that part in but even if I had it still would have been worth going to get almost any of the tools I bought so in Greenville it was about 2 to two and a half hours to certain parts of Charlotte and then the same to Atlanta. So I usually searched on Craigslist. You search by city really Mm -hmm. in Greenville. I would search in the Greenville area, the Charlotte area, the Asheville area, Atlanta, and occasionally I'd put in Knoxville, Tennessee because it was at that three hour mark, depending on what I was looking for.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of makers and stuff there. So it's a pretty big market.
0: If it was something super specific that I was looking for, I would extend it even further if I didn't find anything in that search radius. So when I was looking for my laser, that one, I searched pretty much the entire Southeast. So Florida, Georgia, Alabama, you know, any state that was within like a day's drive, I searched in because I was like, this tool is so specific and so expensive that... I want to be able to look in a wide range and see kind of what I'm getting myself into. So I think it highly depends on A, what you're looking for and how specific it is. When you're looking in those areas or at that radius, determining how far you really are willing to drive for a tool. So if you're going to save a hundred bucks and you're driving two hours, probably not worth it. No,
1: not at not at sixty five cents a mile.
0: <laughs> no, if you're saving like a thousand dollars and you're driving two hours, probably worth it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I know your laser. You're, and for for people that don't know, kind of the the cost parameters with with uh, with Trevor's laser. I mean, the laser brand new is in the almost twenty thousand dollar category between ten and twenty.
0: Yeah, it sits at like fifteen or sixteen.
1: Yeah, so so you driving a day. And if you got maybe 30% discount on the tool and driving a day, you still saved a lot of money. Now, for the, re- like for the other tools, like even some of the really nice big joiners and table saws and stuff like that, they're nowhere near that unless you're buying a huge floor mounted, you know, five head shaper cutter planer that like commercial cabinetry companies use. But... I don't think I know any maker that's got a a truck big enough to, to to get that. You would have to like have that drop shipped on a you know uh, freight,
0: or the space for that matter,
1: or the space or the power. Yeah. Those four head cutters most of the time are like like twenty or thirty horse motors. They're huge. You gotta have like a commercial space and have enough <laughs> have enough amperage draw to to be able to cover that. But for your laser. It fits, it fit in your car and it was, it was what you went to Savannah. Did you get in Savannah?
0: No, I went to Florida. Oh, wow. It wasn't far into Florida. It was like Jacksonville area. Well, I came out of Georgia and then it was like another 30 minutes.
1: Okay. So not even to Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is like an hour into Florida, if I remember correctly. So it wasn't
0: really like in a city per se. It was like in the country areas of Florida. So it wasn't. It wasn't like near, you know, Panama City Beach, and it wasn't near anything else. It was just you, kind You of weren't in having the to middle. drive
1: into a metropolitan city and then kind of work your way through to find somebody. It was like, yeah. go to this stoplight, and I'll be the third house on the left if you take a ride at the stoplight.
0: Basically, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that actually works out pretty good. Sometimes I've found some of my really good stuff in places like that because it's just so rural. They, these people just post stuff, and they hope somebody takes a bite at it. Um, yeah. that's one thing, that's one thing I can say is unless you're looking for a very specific item, um, sometimes looking in a big metropolitan area, if you're, if you don't already live in that metropolitan area can be a, a hindering factor because if somebody has got space in a metropolitan area, they probably got more money and they'll probably expect to to be paid more money for whatever it is they're trying to sell. Most of the time they're not just selling stuff off, you know, dirt cheap to get rid of it uh, at least that's been my experience. Most of the time I would rather find the guy that's out in, in, uh, in BFE somewhere, you know, I'm having to drive out in the country to find something, which works great for me because I mean, I'm pretty country myself. Uh, (laughs) so I mean, it's, it's like, it's like driving around, you know, where I grew up. So, you know, that's, that's one of the, just the little tips that I can give at least from my, you know, my specific, uh, you know, view of things. I don't know if it's been the same for you, Trevor, or not, but you know, anytime I've ever looked at anything in the metro in a metropolitan area, it's always been so difficult to deal with.
0: Well yeah, most of the tools I buy are like from the suburbs. So they're not like really hard to get to or terribly hard to deal with or anything like that. That's good. It's not too bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Our our next thing we're looking at, you know, since we're talking about weighing time and time and travel to the tool savings, um, is is used tools. I mean, everybody's if you're going to buy off Craigslist or Facebook, more than likely you are buying a used tool, and it's a used tool that somebody's used. If you're lucky, they've used once, realized that it wasn't for them, or they needed something bigger, something like that, and you gotta got, you got you know, get a heck of a steal on it because they basically got it out of the box, put it together for you, and made, it, made some test cuts or something, you know? Other times, you're buying something super old, super rough condition, and that's, I mean, personally, that's what I generally look for because if it looks old and looks really beat up and dirty, people are going to give you a pretty good deal on it especially if it's something that they didn't actually own themselves if it was grandpa's tool shed or or a neighbor you know they died and you're you're trying to help the family clear stuff out since they're out of town or something like that if it's rusty generally people don't put a lot of monetary value on something like that but unless you know how to clean and repair and and look for different things that you know that you you have to learn with time i've had to learn with time you may end up losing money overall, because if you've got to put a ton of time into repairing something, then there goes your shop time, there goes your monetary value. Now, if you don't care, you know, necessarily, you know, as much about your time, or you got this thing at a super, super deep discount, you know, you got to, an oliver 12 inch you know jointer for 200 bucks and those things are you know commercially available if if you can if you can find a good one in good condition they're still they're still running those things are well over a thousand dollars if not more um because they're super old and they're just made really nice if you get it for like 100 200 and you put a lot of work into it yeah your cough seasons are probably still there you just you spend a lot of time though up front making it nice For me, that's not a problem, but for the other makers out there, it may be a problem. You may not want to have to go through cleaning stuff up and repairing it and checking the little nuances about it.
0: Well, and with buying used tools, you also need to know what you're looking at and need to have some experience into, you know, what a good price is, what to look for. So even before you go and check something out, do some research on that model that you're looking at specifically Mm -hmm. and try to look for, you know, any issues that are persistent with people's machines and try to look for, you know, things to check to make sure it's okay. So if you're doing a power tool that can plug in and run, always try to run it wherever you're going, unless they say, you know, as is condition, does not run, then that's different. Yeah. But if they say it's, you know, good working condition, make sure it actually is working. And if it can make a test cut, make a test cut. Um, but try it out before you buy it. Most Most people that are buying, and this is the other thing, is if you're going to buy a used tool, the type of tool you are looking for highly dictates the type of person you'll be dealing with So if you are looking for, you know, a Jet, a Powermatic, or a Laguna, typically the people selling those will, A, know quite a bit about it, B, have no problem letting you try it because they know that it's an expensive purchase. And then, you know, in general, they will understand that it's not a cheap investment, so they're not going to typically try to hurry you up. Now, if you're going somewhere and you're looking at, you know, like a Black & Decker drill or something or yeah. like, you know, a Ryobi bandsaw, the type of person you're going to get that is usually, you know, either buy it or don't. No, I don't want you to try it out. I mean, I've seen people like that that have done stuff like that. You know, there's some people I've been perfectly comfortable and I'll go by myself and I'll just tell my wife this is the address I'm going to, this is the number they had, just so she knows where I was. Uh and then there's other people where I know you like I'm taking other people with me cuz something seems kind of weird. Yep. So, you got to be careful too.
1: I mean, and it's it, if you're buying a decent sized tool, you need to take somebody with you regardless because oh, you yeah. got to you yeah. got to load that freaking thing, you know. For me, most of the time I'm buying hand tools and 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 lumber so i can generally kind of handle that stuff myself and i know you know i know that uh generally if i'm meeting somebody you know on facebook or craigslist a couple times i've done craigslist i'm going to either meet them at a commercial business if if it's somebody selling stuff commercially out of like a say an antique store or they're selling stuff out of uh, out of a garage or something like that. It's, you know, it's poss- it's more than likely their place of business. It's, it's open area. It's, it's well lit things like that. If you don't feel comfortable, ask them, Hey, meet me at grocery store, meet me at a uh, Walmart, meet me someplace, you know, someplace around that, that other people are at. It's not, it's not shady. It's uh, generally, preferably during the daytime, Uh, I've met maybe one or two people at night to pick something up because it's been, it's just, that's the only time it worked out for us, but I felt comfortable about the situation. So I was, I was okay. If you don't feel comfortable, don't do the deal. Or if they don't want to deal, if they, if they don't want to, you know, make those little nuances, they're not the sale for you.
0: Well, and actually the best place to probably meet if you can meet in public. So some, some tools you can't, like a table saw. It's very difficult to do that. You pretty
1: much have to go to their to their home or their place. Yeah.
0: Business. But go to a police station. Yes. Because that will tell you right off if you can be more comfortable meeting that person. Because if they're like, no, I don't want to meet at a police station. You're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't be dealing with you. Because yep. nobody should have a problem meeting at a police station because it's safer for both of you. And actually, police stations for a long time have said you know if you're going to do an online deal Mm -hmm. do it here because then you're more protected yes so that's another thing and with with buying used tools you also have to worry about like you said before did it fall off the back of a truck (laughs) and yeah i mean there are people out there selling stolen stuff yeah when i buy stuff there's a few things i do to try my best and make sure that it's not stolen. So I asked for the model number and I asked for the serial number to these. And then what I'll do is I'll call the manufacturer and I'll ask if anybody has reported this serial number stolen. Um, and actually when I bought my laser, they actually asked me before I could ask them. Cause I said, hey, I'm looking at this used laser. And they're like, well, what's the serial number? Cause we need to make sure it's not stolen. Hmm. And That's a good way to try and do that. So some tools, if you buy them off Home Depot or Lowe's, typically they're less likely to be reported. Not saying they won't, but usually if they're stolen, they're stolen like a whole bunch of things are stolen at once, like a whole tool chest. Yep. But if you're still, if somebody stole like an entire bandsaw, typically they'll report the serial number or whatever it was, if they have it. Yep. I wouldn't say that there's a 100% foolproof way to prove that it's not stolen. But asking for a serial number, calling it in, asking if it's been reported stolen or anything uh is a good way to check and at least, you know, try your best to figure out if anybody had had it taken from them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's why I stopped doing business with pawn shops, but there are so many pawn shops in the area. And there's also just a lot of, a lot of stolen stuff in pawn shops. I can usually tell because whenever the little things that I notice, if they're marked with like spray paint, like a contractor spray painted them, you know, so they don't walk off their job site or someone doesn't borrow their tools on a job site, they're usually marked with spray paint or they might even have like a name, you know, scribed in them or something like that. If there's you know, five or six of those tools from that same, you know, that look like they have the same spray paint, the same name on them. I'm going to say that those tools are probably stolen and they showed up, you know, they showed up in that pawn shop because they're stolen, which means you shouldn't be in that pawn shop either because that pawn shop is definitely not reputable because that's the first thing they do is this stolen. And they're supposed to run those numbers. They're supposed to check those things in a pawn shop, but not all of them do. Not all of them care. So I've stopped doing business with pawn shops if I, if at all possible. Um, little things, small things like a palm sander, you know a, a, you know a orbital sander drills, drivers, things like that. It's really hard to tell if those things are stolen because a lot of times I mean they maybe they may maybe not be that expensive to begin with. I mean less than a couple hundred bucks to begin with and somebody's selling them off for you know two two hundred dollars for a whole set that costs500 dollars to begin with. Uh, you know, they may not be stolen. They may just, hey, I bought them, I liked them for a little while, I don't like them anymore, I never liked them, I, you know, I'm yeah. just trying to recoup some money, something like that. You know, things like that are are, are harder to, to tell whether or not it's stolen. Old rusty tools generally are not, I don't expect
0: them to be stolen, you know. When I I usually at least ask, you know, may I ask why you're selling them? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had people respond with none of your business. and I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying it then. Uh, but I've had other people be like, you know, they were my husbands, and he passed away or, you know, I bought them for work and then I got laid off. Yep. Try to do your due diligence, but there's still only so much you're going to be able to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I can suggest, um, some some people don't really like to do this. Some people do. Um, it just depends on the seller necessarily. Uh I prefer to do PayPal or Venmo. I never have to carry cash on me. They don't have any cash on them. We can meet in a public place. Hey, what's your account? We can do it right then. My money goes out, their money goes in, hey everything checks up. Done. Done. And you don't have to you don't have to worry that way. And it kind of rolls us into our next thing.
0: So I have done some with uh, PayPal mm-hmm. or like Square. Mm-hmm and those are usually the bigger ticket items if it's like you know 200 dollars, i'm not as concerned but when you're i mean if you're going to buy something expensive i will ask ahead of time be like look i'm not comfortable carrying that amount of cash can we do like paypal or square and we can you know verify it right there and if they're reputable and if they're trustworthy to a point at least they will typically have no problem with it because they'll understand they'll be like yeah you know i get it Uh, but if they're like really adamant about cash and the things like two thousand dollars i would be like "Mm, yeah it might be a good deal but i need to walk away from that one
1: yeah that's that's legit that's legit and you know it took me. It took me a while to to get to that point. I was like, man, why do I have to go through paying PayPal, you know, a fee, and then having to, you know, having to deal with all this? Hey, my phone may not work when I get there. Let me just bring some cash. Now, I've done this so much, and I've done it with other things that I that I collect or, or um, you know, often buy and sell. I have certain people that I deal with. They will they will do nothing but PayPal or Venmo. They say no cash. They do not want that. They don't want to have to deal with it. They don't want me to have to deal with it. So it's really nice whenever I can do that is just, is just hit the PayPal Venmo. And the other thing it's nice for is if you do have a you know decent enough size business where it's not a little hobby thing and you're actually doing taxes on your business you have a receipt you have a paper trail PayPal Venmo all those have paper trail you can print off hey I paid this amount right here on this date for this tool boom Tax deduction, or boom. Hey, I'm not just making a bunch of money without, you know, without losing money at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I R S likes to have things like that. It's hard to have a uh, have a bill of sale for things that it paid it with in cash. Now, if it's under a certain monetary value, I think it doesn't really even matter. I don't know exactly what that monetary value is. Via the IRS because I'm not an accountant. I don't do taxes professionally. Uh, I leave that to accountants. That's not my deal. So yeah, there's certain things that you don't even have to have you know that paper trail for because it's just below that monetary value of this is everyday everybody's doing business less than this much value. IRS trying to keep up with something like that would be incredibly difficult. They have a hard enough time doing doing the regular stuff whenever it comes to tax time. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Trevor, have you ever done a bill of sale or a receipt or anything like that outside of PayPal Venmo? Well,
0: Square. Or or Square, other than Square. Other than those, no. Okay. When I was first starting out, I never worried about it. But when I started buying the higher items, that's when I started getting them. You're right. I mean, it's an easy way to get a receipt for even if you don't do it as a tax write-off, at least you have a receipt of it just in case you decide to do it later. But, but yeah.
1: Or, you know, it's like, hey, I bought this thing six years ago. I don't remember how much I paid for this freaking thing. Oh, I paid this much. Eh, now I can sell it for this much, you know.
0: Yeah, and what was the, that? There's that meme that says, my uh, my biggest fear is that my spouse will sell my tools for what they told him I bought it for. Yes,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> a good one.
0: That's a good one. But the the other thing with this stuff is, you can pull the the Gary V style and buy and resell to build up your shop. So I actually did this starting out. Did you do that? No.
1: I, to me, I don't know. I've never been that type of person that's like, I'm going to buy something low and sell it high. I, For some reason, I just can't do that. Well, I think
0: it depended. So I never started with the intent of that. It was like, I bought a tool. I decided that I hated it or you know something about it I just didn't like mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand it anymore so I then resold it yeah and then that's kind of how it started
1: yeah well I know I know I've got one right now I think I've used it a total like 4 or 5 times it's a combo built built combo <laughs> combo belt disc sander uh, from Ryobi I've used it like 4 or 5 times for a couple of projects I don't like it. I've got to get rid of it. It's just, it's taking up space in the shop. So I am going to resell that, but I probably might resell it for the same I paid for it. Maybe less. I don't know. I didn't pay a lot for it to begin with because I bought it from the jockey lot, which for people that aren't aware, jockey lot is another term for flea market. I was not aware of this until I moved to South Carolina. Apparently everything's called a freaking jockey lot. Yeah. I'm used to the word flea market or phrase flea market, because everywhere I've ever been, it's been a flea market. You come to South Carolina, it's a jockey lot.
0: I forgot what it's called here, but they have a huge one that you can't even walk around the whole thing probably in like six hours. Like, it's huge. But when I started doing this, so the first tool I bought from Craigslist was probably my table saw, which was a Craftsman. Yep, And I started using it and the fence would move on me, like, mid-cut, even yes. though it was clamped all the way down. Yes. And it got to the point where I said, you know, this is just not safe. So I resold it. And when I do, so when I post things for sale on Craigslist, I usually post them for, you know, whatever I think is, like, pie in the sky type amount. I'm like, nobody will ever buy it for that. But then I can talk my way down. Yeah. If you start with where you want it, want to get it, then you have nowhere to go. So I usually start somewhere, and I've had people. So the the craftsman table saw, I think I paid maybe a hundred bucks for, used off Craigslist. It was one of those new in the box, but it was a Home Depot factory return because it had like a blemish or something. Ah, uh,
1: okay, okay, yeah. So it was a pallet. Sale. Yep, I've I've had. Well, a, I guess I got... it wouldn't have
0: been Home Depot; it would have been Sears. Yeah. So I posted it for sale and I was like, you know what? I don't have to get rid of it right this minute. So I'm just going to post it for $200. And like the next day somebody's like, "I'll take it." I was like, and they didn't even try to talk me down cuz I I think the table saw was like I think it was still like a 3 or $400 table saw at the time. It's not bad. Uh so I went ahead and sold it. And then later I bought my grizzly bandsaw and i had a grizzly planer so i bought the set for 300 bucks or 375 i think
1: so Is that like vent kind of bench top grizzly i forget the one that they, they they have a lot of people have it
0: uh so my bandsaw was the g0555 i don't know what that means which is like a 14 inch bandsaw okay and then the the planer was a bench top planer gotcha and yeah. i used them for a while and then I upgraded to other stuff. So I sold the grizzly and I posted it for sale cuz they were retailing for like 650 or something at the time. Wow. So I just posted it and ended up selling it I think for like 500.
1: Are you kidding me? Maybe.
0: Yeah. I hate you so, so much. So what I do is I I post it for whatever, you know, other people are posting it for yeah. on Craigslist. And then I usually try to clean it up really well and get it back to like really good condition before I post it. So mine will look better in comparison to the other ones. Gotcha. And then, you know, I'll go back and forth with people and then like, I don't pressure people. I'm like, look, if you, if you want it, that's fine. If you don't, that's cool too. Like no big deal. I've just gotten lucky. I think that I've, well it was mainly in greenville because there was a big woodworking community so selling them wasn't too bad but i ended up paying for a lot of tools just by buying some using them deciding i didn't like them and then reselling them and then there's been ones that i bought knowing it was a good deal purely to resell it Hmm. so i bought an excalibur scroll saw for like 400 dollars which for people that don't know, they cost like $1,200. Yeah, they're new, super nice. I, so I bought it because the guy just didn't want it anymore. He said, you know, I thought I'd get into scroll sawing and I just never did. So he sold it, I bought it, and then I posted it for sale like a few weeks later. Like I tried to use it. I was like, okay, I can replace my scroll saw with this one. And I it just took up too much room. And I was like, okay, yeah, I I can't keep it in here. So I went ahead and sold it and sold it, I think, for $200 more than I bought it. Hmm. There are opportunities like that. Or even if you can find like a really good sale in a store and then buy it and resell it. I mean, that's, some of these people, that's how they make their money. They buy products and resell them. Yeah.
1: I mean, I see see this stuff on Facebook all the time. People are selling bulk laundry detergent. They buy like a 55-gallon drum of laundry detergent Uh, and then like sell it by like a gallon at a time. I'm like, that seems so (laughs) sketchy. I'm not sure who's (laughs) buying...
0: I wouldn't do that.
1: Like, just go to the store. Good Lord.
0: But I, I actually bought my nail gun by... Or my nail gun set by... Buying two that were on like a steep sale in a store, mm-hmm. reselling them both, and reselling them both gave me enough money to buy my own. I hate you. So I w- I was out zero money to buy my <sighs> you nail know, gun set. I'm I'm
1: gonna have to start selling some stuff. It sounds like.
0: Well, you just gotta get you know creative with it and.
1: Well, my thing is is like most of the stuff that I have bought are hand tools and
0: yeah you're different yeah
1: i'm kind of weird i don't (laughs) buy those big ticket items i don't have hundreds of dollars up front into an item i might have i think the most i've ever spent on a hand tool the singular hand tool is like 60 bucks and that's because they're collectors ones that in really nice condition are worth 300 like even nice user ones are like 100
0: well keep in mind the only tool I really like went into knowing I was going to try to flip it was probably the scroll song. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think the the only thing I've sold recently and I didn't, I mean, I didn't make money on it at all. It's because I needed to get rid of it. It was, I had a set, a full set of craftsman tools I bought years ago. I have, I think I re- replaced the batteries on them twice. So I think, you know, bat. I mean, batteries nowadays cost as much as the frickin' tools. So I was tired of doing that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to direct tools and buy something. So I saw a good deal at Direct Tools. Paid a hundred bucks for a new drill and driver because that's about the only thing I really use, anyways. And uh, then sold off like all the Craftsman tools for forty bucks. I mean, I had people asking me to like ship it out of state. Wow. I had so many messages, and I, and then I had like these people were like, "I'll give you twenty bucks right now." I'm like, mm. Yeah, I've had. I was those. like, I've had these tools for six months and have used one of them. I was like, I think I can sit on it for longer than, you know, the next couple of hours.
0: Well, I remember when I was in college, I tried to sell a TV that, you know, I had bought because I was, I was moving away from college and I had bought it for like 800 bucks or something at the time. And I went to sell it for, I think it was like seven or something. And this guy messages me and he's like, Hey, I'll give you 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) He's <laughs> like, cold, he's like cold hard cash right now. I'll come get it today. I was like, no. I was like, why would I sell that to you? He's like, well, you don't want to be an ass about it. I was like, you offered me fifty, 50 yeah. bucks for an eight hundred dollar TV. What in your mind thinks that that that, that is okay? Yeah, but that, so you do get those kind of people. Yeah, and that's the thing that
1: I can also tell. You know, other you know our yeah. listeners is try not to be those people. You know, sometimes things are way overpriced. People sell them yes. for thing, you know, for an outrageous price. It's like brand new, you know, from the factory, a thousand dollars. They got it. They must have got a good deal on it, and they're trying to sell it for eight hundred. Well, guess what? Eight hundred dollars for something. I mean, two hundred dollars. You're you're missing two hundred dollars from the you know from getting one from the factory, and you don't know the condition of it from buying it used. Yeah. Just go ahead and buy the new one if you're only gonna save yeah. two hundred bucks. You know, so people people ask outrageous things, but the other thing is is don't you know don't lowball somebody so much that you you make a bad reputation for yourself. That's the one thing yeah. I like about Facebook is people rate me and I can rate them so if I've had a bad experience That's with somebody, true. I don't rate them well If I've had a good experience, I rate them well, and because of that, I've gotten really good stuff lately.
0: Usually, I try to keep my offer within twenty percent of their asking price, regardless, kind of like buying a house yep. So, like, if they're asking 1000 the lowest I would offer would probably be, like, 800 Um, Unless I know for a fact that, you know, they might have it on there for 1000 Because I've seen this, too, where people will buy a tool and say that the tool costs 900 bucks, and then they'll try to sell it for $1,000. Because it was, like, the last one in the store. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the only store that carries it. Because they'll even say, you know, well, there you can't find it anywhere else. I'm like, literally, found it two miles away at a different store. It's like, so uh, Amazon's
1: like gonna charge me a hundred dollars for shipping. I'll just buy it new from Amazon.
0: So that's where you need to know your. You need to know your stuff. You need to know the pricing of the tools. You need to know what you're looking for. Um, and if you have questions about that, you can ask us because I used to do this all the time. Yeah. I don't search Craigslist a lot anymore just because I don't need to. Um, but let's get into some some examples of, of deals we've had. And I mean, all mine are from Craigslist, but what kind of deals have you had?
1: I mean, honestly, because I try to maintain a good reputation and stuff on Facebook, I actually had two great deals last week with the same guy because I met him. He was a, he was a nice guy. He's kind of this weird old hippie. He, uh, buys stuff like, I, I guess he buys pallet auctions because he said he gets a bunch of random stuff. And he tries to sell off things individually if he can. If not, he doesn't. You know, he tries to sell them as a package. I met the guy. You know, he he posted a two cherries uh, V gouge chisel, which two cherries is a really nice brand. V gouge chisels are very specific. You have to pretty much know what you're, you know, what you're buying there. He had posted initially for a hundred bucks because I think they retail for like one fifty. He posted it for a hundred, sat on it for a while. Nobody responded. Drops to seventy five. No one responded. Dropped it to to 50 that's whenever I saw it and he'd actually dropped it down to 45 before I even got a chance to message him um, you know because he's like man I don't know anything about this I just know how much it costs brand new it's basically brand new which is it was whenever I looked at it everything seemed fine about it don't have any issues um, you know I met him I told him hey this is what I do if you ever have any problems or have any questions let's let me know I was like I specialize in old tools or hand tools woodworking stuff just let me know well, that was, that was the end of last week. Whenever I bought the first one, he messaged me the beginning of this week, saying, "Hey, I found another one at the bottom of this pallet. You want this one? I'll give you fifty bucks on this one. You're the only person I'm going to ask. If you don't want it, fine. I'll put it back out on Facebook." I go, "No, I want it." Paid him fifty bucks for it. It was even, it was an even better condition than the first one I bought, and it's bigger. It's it's actually worth more money. But nice. he he knew he had a seller right away, and he knew he could make fifty bucks cash. You know, within two or three days of something that he put no effort into, really, other than messaging me. That's good. So that's the deal I've had, you know, lately. Other than buying lumber, um, I was able to find a bunch of wormy chestnut in Tennessee the last time I was up there for $3 a board foot, which $3 a board foot for lumber that literally doesn't exist anymore because chestnut had a huge blight in the 20s. All the chestnuts dead. There's very few chestnut that that uh, that really exists anymore in the wild, and it cannot be turned into lumber because it is a uh, you know a, a protected species because it it's it basically went endangered. Um, but back whenever back in the 20s, whenever it had, they'd all died, people just cut them down left and right to make lumber out of them because they were already dry, basically standing up. They just needed to mill them down. So they got tore down a jail, is, I think is what it came from and he was selling it for three bucks a board foot which I thought is totally legit Oaks o- Oaks two bucks a board foot and you can buy oak all day long anywhere there's nothing special about oak generally well, I mean chestnut there's story there's history there's you know there's time with it it's it's and it's all actually dimensional two by six two by eight most of the time it's even thicker than two inches but that's the you know that's roughly what it is overall. So, three bucks a board foot, I was super happy to pay. The guy was very nice. Um, and I'm going to buy some more stuff for him again the next time I go up there because he has two driveways full, a shed full, and then a connex full of lumber. This is what he does. Wow. He's a CPA by trade. Uh, he's only busy about two or three months out of the year. The rest of the time, he goes wherever he can to find lumber at a good deal. He buys all of it and then sells it off for, for profit, basically.
0: It's good winner. Yeah. Know.
1: So, you just need to hunt you need to hunt for stuff and you need to know what you're looking for. That's that's the biggest thing. I knew at three bucks a board foot I can I'm getting something very special.
0: So I guess most of my deals have been on tools. Yep. I don't think I've I haven't bought lumber off of Craigslist before.
1: A lot of people do. There's a lot of lumber on Craigslist, I will say.
0: There is. I just haven't <laughs> I had had a
1: reason to, to get it.
0: But most of mine was in power tools. So, and I've been, I've done a lot of buying and selling on Craigslist, but the biggest deals I've gotten, the first one's probably the laser. I think that's probably the, the best deal I've ever had. That one, I drove eight hours each way in one day. So it was a 16 hour trip in a day.
1: Hey, now you know what it's like to drive like I
0: do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. So this guy in Florida was selling it. He was retired. His son was trying to do it as a business. Um, and they had the tube die like two or three times within two years. Oh, wow. And it was because of how they were storing it and how they were taking care of it. Um, but the laser was an epilogue and it was dead dead meaning the tube was completely dead it wouldn't run at all and it would throw up an error code so what i did was i got the model number and the serial number called epilogue directly and said hey this is what i'm looking at they asked for the serial number to make sure it wasn't stolen so i went through that process and then i said what would it cost me to replace every part that could have gone wrong on this that's not just the tube And they told me what it was and the, they told me the cost of the tube and everything else. And the guy was selling the laser for, I think it was $5,000. Holy crap. And which it sounds like a lot, but when the laser brand new (laughs) costs $16,000.
1: You're getting it for, you know, basically 30% of the initial purchase.
0: So, I had to consider how much is it going to cost me to get it back to running shape. So, I asked the guy, you know, this is the error code I'm getting, or the guy's getting, how would I fix it? And he said, well, it should just be the tube, but if you had to replace the motherboard, it might be that too, and that would be X amount of money. And the two together, uh, if I had to buy both parts, it was like $2,000, I think, to buy both parts. So, you're getting closer
1: to roughly the 50% cost range. Yeah
0: so i I went ahead and did it, kind of taking it on a whim that it would work out, okay uh, but my other thought on this was, even if I buy it and there's more to replace than I expected, I could still try to resell it and probably get my money back, so I wouldn't be like completely you would out. maybe
1: be out your time and and travel potentially yeah, yeah. yeah
0: so i I bought it, replaced the tube, and it fired right up, and I haven't really had any issues and it works really well uh, but some other ones I've had To so my my table saw is a saw stop so I bought that off Craigslist as well a guy from Charlotte also retired decided he didn't have room in the shop anymore for it and he was selling it for I think $1,100 at the time And the saw retailed for $2,700. So I went ahead and did that one too. Same deal. Got the serial number. Got all that information. Called it in. uh, And just made sure that everything was okay with it. But, you know, some of these are more on the lucky side. If I just happened to check Craigslist at the time that um, that it got posted or within the hour that it got posted... I would say it's very location specific meaning that if you're so right now I'm in Las Vegas and there's not a lot of makers here so there's not a lot of people reselling tools so getting good deals where I'm at now isn't as easy but if you're in a large you know an area where there's a large maker community so Greenville had a large maker community along with Charlotte and Atlanta Oh, yeah. So there was perfect because there were tools for sale all the time. So I found that, you know, as much as you need to know your information, you need to know what you're looking for, and you need to be able to negotiate, you need to somewhat get lucky with your timing. Because I've, most of my tools were, or the high end tools, mm-hmm. were all posted. Or I responded within, you know, 30 minutes of it being posted. Okay. So, because usually after that, it's gone. If it's that good of a deal, it's not going to last. I mean, it's going to be like, It's like
1: buying a house on a really good deal. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be posted just long enough for someone to look at it and go, hey, I want this, and it'll be gone.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's actually, when I bought my table saw, the guy told me he had like 50 people respond to it, and I just happened to be the first one. Yep. So being for, and that's another thing is some people will respect the first person. Some people will be like, I don't care. I'm going with the highest bidder.
1: Going with the highest bidder or someone who can bring cash that like right then.
0: So I usually, if I'm selling, I always say, you know what? You ask me first, first come first, serve. I'll, g- I'll give you till the end of the week. I usually give them a few days cause you know, traveling to you and meeting up is, yeah. it's hard to do the same day sometimes. Um, but then, you know, after three or four days, I'm like, Hey, are you still interested? Uh, cause if not, I'm going to move on to the next person and they'll be like, yeah, go ahead and move on. Uh, but I try to at least, you know, give it to the first person that responds. And most of the people I've dealt with were the same way. Hopefully this has been helpful for everybody. Uh, if you have questions about, you know, buying things used or you find a deal and you're wondering if it's a good thing to look at. Uh, go ahead and message us because we have no problem helping you out. Um, I can help more on the i would say the the power tools, the lasers, that kind of stuff. Steven's really good with hand tools and that kind of stuff. yeah, so if you have any questions and about deals or whatever or you see something on Craigslist, you're not quite sure uh, or if you just want general tips, let us know we can do our best to answer
1: yeah, and uh just feel free to hit us up anytime and we'll be we'll be happy to, to help you out.
0: Yep, so you can message us on Instagram at MakerVisionPodcast uh, or you can email us at MakerVisionPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yep, I think it's going to wrap it up. Um, Trevor, anything else to, to say? Are we, uh, we going to just roll on out of here?
0: I think we're good. I would just say, you know, be careful. Take a friend with you when you can and just do your research.
1: Number one thing, do
0: your research. Well, guys and gals, makers of
1: all varieties, it has been another episode of Maker Vision Podcast. We have talked on long enough, so you guys take it easy. Trevor, have a good one. Have a good day. See you. Thank you for listening to our show. Be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com or post valuable resources, tips, and info about anything we've talked talked about in today's shows or past shows. And all these things are to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or once again in previous episodes, feel free to drop us a line at MakerVisionPodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at MakerVisionPodcast, or through mine and Trevor's personal Instagram accounts, and that is Old South Woodcraft or Maker Experiment. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review and, uh, and just some really nice words to, to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing, hearing from you next week.